Wednesday shines with the story of a deer who saves Christmas for us all. It's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Next, the Crosby family recalls those magic moments that made Bing the special part of Christmas. In Bing Crosby, the Christmas years. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. With an all-star cast in a music lover's Christmas special. It all begins Wednesday at 8, 7 Central and Mount. This is CBS. Hello, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, welcome to another edition of Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. I'm here with the ever-loving, ever-vescent Jay Blake. <laughs> As always, happy to be here. Uh, Merry Christmas, we're back with part two of our Christmas extravaganza. It's a late Saturday night. It's late, we're doing these boy, bad boys back to back and it's in the wee, wee, wee small In case you haven't away. listened, uh, we've already done a uh, riveting cast on... Uh, on a Bob Clark song. on a Christmas classic by Bob, Bob Clark. Not Christmas. Story. <laughs> we're not talking about Christmas. Story. Although a good movie. <laughs> uh, God bless Darren McGavin. No, we're talking about God, um, true. God bless Darren McGavin. Yeah, Darren McGavin. Uh, but we're talking. This we were talking about Black Christmas. So Black you Christmas. You should go check that out. Our last cast, uh, Bob Clark's 1974 classic, Black Christmas. And for the other month of uh, December, w- we were uh, thinking of another movie to pick, and uh, I chose a movie. Um, I don't know how you feel about the movie, Blake. Oh, uh, I guess we'll get Mr. Into Blake, that. but you will you will let me know. It is a classic from my own heart. It is 1988's Ernest Saves Christmas. Ernest does save Christmas. Uh, starring Ernest P. Worrell, aka Jim Varney. Um, let's see. This movie came out uh, November 11th, 1988. Uh, uh, Jim Varney died. In February the 10th, 2000, he was age 50, died of lung cancer. He was a chain smoker. So that kind of killed it. Uh, literally. It literally. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, his backstory, Jim Varney. Jim Varney was a Shakespearean actor, which I didn't know. Classically trained. He was. He, he you, get the, you get a lot of that. There's always, like, you hear of, like, these actors that are either are known for, like, a very specific, like, weird part or... I feel like I can't think of anybody besides, besides like, Shatner or something at the moment. I know the actor who I don't know his name offhand, the guy who played Boss Hogg in the original Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah, he yeah. Would, knew, like, six different languages. You know, yeah, he was yeah. another Shakespearean actor. But then it was just, you know, he, he, he got his his run on as Boss Hogg, this another southern, you know, uh, you know that, that kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. But, yeah, he was – he trained – he he uh, he went to, to college and all that. He, he actually went to the BART – Theater, which is in Virginia, where uh, another uh, fan of the pod, which Ernest Borgnine, studied for for a couple of years, and he 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 uh, he studied Shakespeare, and then he uh, he talked about in an interview how this all came about. Was in 1979 there was an actor strike, so we went back to Nashville where he was born and raised, and in 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 Nashville, he or he was living at the time. Uh, I don't think he was uh, he was I'm sorry he was raised in Kentucky in Lexington, and uh, he ran into a friend of his who owned an advertising agency and, and he was looking for work and this guy come up with this character who was this southern uh, I, I guess you call him an idiot or like a, a dumb but really nice guy southern yokel who was going to be selling uh, local things and, and Jim Varney's like yeah I'll play him and it turned into this character Ernest P. Worrell and he was basically invented by an advertising agency to hawk local uh, it, uh, stuff and it but it's like various products, though. Well, right? it became a hit, and and first he 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 first was doing stuff. Um, uh, he was doing stuff from like sodas to uh, his first co- uh, commercial he did was in 1980, and they filmed it for uh, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. It was it was this it was this weird thing, and from then on he started doing these spots, and they got bigger and bigger, uh, being picked up, and they were very popular. And he did he did soda he did restaurants he did car dealerships uh, he did regional stores and uh, it went nationwide and then he found out that like kids were doing Im- Im- impressions of his you know what I mean Vern and he and it was always the, the 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 style the commercial was he is talking to you the the audience as if you were his next door neighbor Vern that he grew up with you never hear Vern's voice you never see but you get the feeling by how these little vignettes happen that Vern doesn't like (laughs) 
Ernest, Ernest at yeah. all. And Ernest always means well, but Ernest, for some reason, always just destroys. It, it, but it's very funny because it's, in a way, it's sophisticated enough where it's child humor, but there is some uh, adult jokes in it. Like, for instance, he was doing a... Uh, a commercial for natural gas, and he's and he's 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 in Jim, he's in Vern's house, and he's under the he's under the uh, the desk, and he's hooking up like an, a, a natural gas lamp, and he's like natural gas, Vern. It's hot, it's fast and cheap, hot, fast, cheap, kind of like your first wife. You know what I mean, Vern, the pretty one. And you know, and then Vern like knocks the lamp over and knocks him out, and that's the end of the commercial. But it's it's funny, and it caught on, and then that that turned into a, a, a CBS children's show, which uh, it's interesting because. Uh, that came out in 1988. In 1987, he did his first theatrical appearance, which was Ernest uh, Goes to Camp. He got a Razzie as the worst uh, actor or performance in a movie. And then the next year in 88, he wins an Emmy for this children's show that he's doing on CBS. And there's only like 13 episodes, I guess. And yeah. I looked on uh, Amazon. <coughs> you can get it for like $5, the, uh, the, uh, the, yeah, sh- the, 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 the whole series. The whole series, so it became so popular that they that he got this series of films and his TV show out of it. In the series of films, there's four of them that were done in conjunction with Disney, and they kind of have pretty big budgets. And they they went in order with Ernest saves Ernest goes to camp, Ernest saves Christmas, uh, Ernest scared stupid, and then Ernest goes to jail. And then after that, uh, the fifth one is like Ernest rides again, and then they could progressively go down, and they're no longer theatrical released, and they're done on very small budgets. They're still popular. They're not really widely critically acclaimed, but all those other movies, uh, the first four made a crap load of money, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. At the well, time. I remember the first one, Ernest Goes to Camp, being kind of a big deal. Yeah, it was huge. And it's, it was, it's interesting because I guess his character predates Pee-wee, but they have the kind of... The, the characters are similar, which I don't know if I'm the stupidest man in the world, but I, a couple of years ago I watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure again, yeah. and it only dawned on me until someone telling me that I guess Pee-wee's supposed to be a big kid. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just like a Ernest P. Worrell. He's just a guy who's stuck in, you know, he's like Michael Jackson. You know, he, he, he's whatever age he is, but he thinks he's a child. Or I guess the character, the persona of Pee Wee, is supposed to be a child. Well, I mean, they could get it. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess I mean, that's like a, a, a book on philosophy, you know? Yeah, well, then that is the whole, you're right. I mean, that is a weird, a whole, because I mean, he lives by himself. Pee-wee. Yeah, he, like he has like his he's like independently wealthy as well because <laughs> he has these like Rube Goldberg machines that just make him pancakes in the morning and eggs, you know. And he's got his so bike. like he is independent. I mean, it's not like he has parents, and he's not. But yet he, I mean, he is just like a large man child. I mean, it is like a weird. I mean, I would imagine that the original, the HBO skit, show, you know, originally it was like uh, I don't know if what what improv group it was or like whatever like second city or whatever or somebody I with phil hartman and they did whatever the original special. one was yeah. the whatever the stage show was i'm sure the character was probably originally conceived as being a kid for like live you know improvisation or whatever and then the stage show got put in made into like an actual show and then that was then filmed for an hbo special which then led to the movies and Pee-wee's Playhouse and stuff like that. And I, but I would imagine the original conception was that he was playing a kid, but then as it kind of took on a life of its own, I would imagine Pee-wee is just like, like you said, I would imagine he is just like this man-child character that's kind of stuck <laughs> in this weird world. But it's it, the distinction between the two, I think, is that Pee-wee clearly has a streak of meanness in him. <laughs> You know, where, where he's like in the first movie, he doesn't give two shits about girls, but then it's oddly in Big Top Pee Wee, he's all about getting that girl, you know, where it's yeah, like, yeah. and he's kind of a dick to a certain respect in the first Pee Wee. But with Ernest, Ernest is like a heart of gold, and he's always trying to trying to do good, and he's trying to, uh, you know, be the nice guy. And uh, it's interesting because you, you talk about Jim Varney, they say Jim Varney was a genius, and, and, they bring up like he would do these. Com- he had a photographic memory, so he would look at the script once. These when he do these thirty second commercials yeah, for yeah. whatever, and he would do the commercial like twenty five different times. And sometimes With different product. Yeah, right? yeah. He'd bring a different product in, and he'd do it again, or he would do like you know fifty takes. With the, with the same product of a different, so they can use it again. So he would he was into that improv comedy, and then he had all these other. Uh, binary characters that would start showing up like in this. Uh, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. You have some of the characters show up that are really funny. Yeah. And well, <laughs> <laughs> he d- in, in, the, in the context of Ernest Save Cr- Cr- Saves Christmas, he's like in disguise where he does like another. <laughs> yeah, he's trying. To, he, so the plot of the movie, uh, Ernest, it takes place. It's interesting. It takes place in Orlando. It's in Florida. So it's interesting for a Christmas movie to take place. Like Which apparently in, they shot 
on the MGM studio. Before it even was open. Yeah. The lot, back lot. The back lot of, like, MGM studios, but, like, you know, like the theme park. Yeah, and, 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 and elements of the uh, Epcot Center as well and, and various other places in, in Orlando. Uh, he's a cab driver, and he's, he's trying to make ends meet. Uh, Santa Claus comes into town. Santa Claus takes a flight over. Santa Claus is getting old. Santa Claus wants to pass the reins. Well, he, it's not that he wants to. He needs, needs to. to. Yeah. He's getting... Because I guess once you get... You become Santa, you have the magic, and then gradually you start losing the Christmas spirit of the magic. So you need to eventually pass it off. And I don't know why Santa's waited to like, the last <laughs> yeah, <he's> second. <laughs> the last day. You know. It's like he's... He's got it's a, like Christmas Eve or the 23rd. Or yeah, he's like, he didn't think of this as the pre-pro. <laughs> he could have done it, you know. Years or months ago. December 26th of the previous <laughs> year. Yeah, he could have started thinking about, okay, you know, but, you know, he was held up. So he, he, he's, he's, he talks about he's had a list of hundreds of people over the world, and it's gradually narrowed down, and he's got this one guy who was uh, had this children's show on public access for years, and the show's just got canned, and he's going down to tell the guy, I want you to take over Santa. Uh he gets into Jim Varney's cab or Ernest's cab. Ernest brings him to where it is. He, he uh, Ernest is a cab driver. Yeah, Ernest is a cab driver. And um, Ernest, he leaves his Santa Claus bag in Ernest's car. And then they think Santa's a raving lunatic because Santa has play money on him by accident. He, he really seems like he's just a you know, a, a, a person who has dementia. Yeah, like an old yeah. like, guy with Alzheimer's or something. So, they, adamant. so they, 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 he, they, they they turn him over to the cops. He goes to jail, and then Ernest, uh, you know, he, he, Santa had told him he was Santa, and of course no one believes him. But then Ernest, who has the heart of gold, you know, he he ends up thinking, okay, maybe he is Santa. And then you have the the secondary plot of this uh, wannabe punky Brewster kind of a girl, yeah, like runaway girl. Yeah, she uh, she's you know she's trying to make ends meet, hustling, bustling. She she gets into the cab and. And she's stuck with Ernest for a little while, and then they find out that Santa is actually real because they look into the bag, and uh, it's whatever uh, it's jewels, joy. It's, it's whatever it, jewels. It, yeah, jewels has in his suitcase <laughs> from from Pulp, uh, Pulp Fiction is in this Christmas bag, and uh, then they realize shit. It is Santa. We have to help Santa. And then there's a deadline. Santa has to. Uh, hand over the reins to this new guy by 7 o'clock on Christmas Eve yeah, or he needs the, the new Santa has to leave at 7 o'clock or else he won't make the run make the trip all the way around the world and, every, and Christmas will room forever and that's that's the plot and the, and the movie's only like I think it's less than an hour and a half it's yeah it's it's about an hour and a half if not a few minute, minutes less so it's not a long watch um, and then during the movie there's like when they have to try to get Santa out of the jail uh Ernest will dress up as like the uh, this this guy who works for the governor and, and passing it off to try to get in to get to get sent out of jail or if they're trying to find out where the agent is uh, where where the the the, the, the guy the, the the person who now is the child who was the, the who they wanted to have be the new Santa he has lost his job on a children's show and now he's trying to look for work and his agent who's a real dick gets him a job on a horror movie that we don't know about. Yeah, yeah, he's auditioning for a horror movie. So, uh, you know, they got a... Christmas sleigh. Christmas sleigh, exactly. It's great. (laughs) S-L-A-Y. And um, so Ernest first has to find out where he is and when he finds out where he is he has to try to get onto the movie lot so there's various characters he has. So, um, uh, it's a weird movie. I mean, and then there's a whole other subplot which I find hilarious is the two characters, Bob and Billy, who were f- who were in the, the other movies? At least they're in they're in Ernest Goes to Camp, and I think they're in the other two that are that were in, out of the four. And I think they were in the, the TV show Hey Vern, it's yeah. Ernest, and they they work at the airport. Yeah, and they're, they're like the baggage handlers. <laughs> at they're, the airport. Getting, they're getting these 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 uh, uh, big containers in, and they don't know what they are. These wooden containers, and they fi- we find out that it's the reindeer in there. Yeah. It's, it's just the slow progression. We keep coming back to them, trying to figure out. And first, the hoof breaks out of them, and then they, and then there's reindeers, and trying to figure out what are they. And then they, the reindeers start, uh, you know, going to the ceiling, and they're they're on top of the ceiling. So it's it's very funny at that point. Um, so it's 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 a very weird movie, but I, I found it to be so genuine. It's it's interesting. Like you could tell that it was a, sm- a small budget, but when they had the special effects, the special effects were quite good for the time. Like with yeah, the play. it's actually surprising because. The context of, like, the Orlando shoot, I mean, I feel like a lot of it is kind of, like, seems very low budget to me. Yeah. There are a lot of aspects of it, like, 
when he pulls up to the back lot and he's pretending to be, he's pretending to be a snake wrangler so that he can get into the uh, the back lot to where the auditioning for Christmas uh, sleigh is happening and stuff and he he's pretending to be this like really like hill like even more like, like backwoods backwoods hillbilly <laughs> no like missing teeth snake handler like that whole like just the set like the production values and stuff just seemed very yeah it's like, they like shot tv like an show <laughs> like you know like not even not even like feature film you know so like there are so many aspects of it that do seem so low budget and kind of you know tv movie of the 80s and as opposed to feature film but then you're right then the special effects are really great actually <laughs> and they kind of still time. hold up because at one point they, they realize they got to get the el- they got to get the the reindeer in the in the sleigh to Santa by the the, the said time and then uh, halfway through the movie or even a little more the reindeer start showing up, or not reindeer the elves start showing up to help and uh, Ernest and the elves they try to pilot the sleigh and then there's a whole background of them trying to get the sleigh working and and uh, the uh, NORADs called and they deploy planes to go after them and it. it turns into almost like nightmare before christmas yeah and it's funny because like even on, on like a you know talking about like the low budget aspect like the actual like close-up shots of the elf elves and Ernest in the sleigh oh, are true. just them standing in, like with a sleigh in front of like a black screen yeah not even like, you know just and it's just like theater. they're like <laughs> it's just going left and right whoa, <laughs> left and right. whoa. But, but then, then the long get, shots <laughs> but then it'll get the, like long shots that are like beautifully kind of like animated special effects uh, shots and they he ends up they go up going into like the earth's atmosphere <laughs> they're like orbiting the <laughs> earth flying around the earth. wow wow and then uh and then he cu- and ends up coming down and that's one of the what you well, you you alluded to in the last which cast. is funny because i completely had forgotten about that that line that was in it, the it was in the commercial yeah and so they're going straight down and then right before they're about to like from the earth's atmosphere they go straight down and, it, and right before they're about to hit the ground it's just like completely like vertical to the ground it just stops and then Ernest looks at the camera and he goes, air brakes. And it was funny because, like, the minute that happened, like, in my head, like, I said the line. And you're like, oh. While I was like, oh, yeah. Because I had seen that so many times in the commercial, like, before the movie came out. And I had completely forgotten about it till I watched it in the movie. Now, when was the last time you'd seen this movie? I had never seen this movie You've before. never seen the movie? The only one I'd ever seen was the first one. Okay. And that was probably... When it came out. When it came out. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd seen it in the movies. Maybe it was a new release on video. To be honest, I was never really a... a, a, a an Ernest fan. I mean, I, I mean, I remembered him. I remembered the show, yeah. and I remembered him being on commercials. I remember the the first movie being a bit of a big deal. Um, and I always remember, uh, and of course, I remember Jim Varney from like the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Yeah, that was big for him. And then he did the the first two Toy Stories. He was Slinky's dog, and, and then. But uh, uh, I was never like an Ernest fan, I, and and even in this watching the movie like i don't even particularly care for Ernest. yeah but i like the characters like we talk about him being like in disguise like uh in dis- you know trying to get into these various places and like those i think like that's where you see his talent really shine as an actor because I, I those are they're they're funny and they're like you can tell they're well thought out and i just like you can see like how talented jim varney is in those characters and i don't think you really get that and no, not at all in the earnest <laughs> the I mean, earnest character. my favorite character from he i think he does three and my my favorite character is the aunt uh nerda her name is and it's this old he plays this elderly woman and he and he and he, he dresses in drag and he's got a walker and he puts like this neck brace on so that is so it looks like he's got like double chins, yeah, yeah. and he just has this really great. Like I'm talking like this, and it's it's it, it, and it's hilarious if you listen to his monologue where he's trying to. He's like he's like I was left at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I've walked all the way over here. Yeah, you he's know? he's really great in those scenes, and you you do because you know you always hear even like kind of growing up because Ernest was so big, even though I wasn't you know particularly like a huge fan or whatever. Um, you did as you grow up. You kind of hear things of like oh, he's really like this really like smart guy and you know really talented actor and all this stuff. And you kind of really you do get a glimpse of that um, when he's p- playing those characters. Um, I like the opening. The opening is kind of like a Norman Rockwell kind of like you know the, the, it's very stylized. It's very nice. It, and the movies, I think it kind of achieves. It. It's trying to be a standalone Christmas, like you know it, you could take it out of the Ernest franchise 
and it's it's like the forever evergreen Christmas movie where you know yeah Santa's involved there is a Santa it, you know I will say like look when the movie starts in terms of like the shenanigans with like the businessman trying to get <laughs> he's a cab driver and there's like this businessman trying to get to the airport um, there's a lot of stuff in it and I you know and then the the initial scenes with the the two guys the baggage claim guys which you talked about like all of that like as i'm watching this like to be honest i'll be completely honest i'm watching this and i'm like oh man like i don't even know if i can make it through this movie yeah, yeah. like it i really felt like it was kind of awful um but then as you get kind of in the mood into into it and a lot of that like initial like slapsticky like way over the top comedy and i don't even feel like it's a it's a matter of like you getting used to it in the movie i feel like to a certain extent i don't know if it gets better or it, they just start to pull away from it a little bit more um the actual plot of the movie is like complicated and kind of intricate and you know like an like an interesting enough plot that i'd say after the first like 20 minutes to a half an hour like i was kind of like okay like i got into it and stopped like thinking about like man this movie's really stupid <laughs> and just kind of like followed the plot by the end i went from being like oh my god this movie to being like you know what that wasn't so bad yeah, I mean, it was okay you know i think it's uh, you know i saw it initially right when it came out i remember my best friend went and saw it in the theater and i was like oh you saw it and i didn't get to see it so I think it grew up with me as one of these Christmas movies. We all have our own little weird movies. Yeah, it's, you know, I wonder if, I mean, we say this every episode, like almost every cast we talk about, like, I wonder what somebody who's like 20 or in their teens now, like, who didn't grow up with this stuff. Um, I wonder how many people even know who Ernest is. I don't think. I mean, the last movie. He did in the late 90s. And then he died in 2000. He recorded the voice of um, one of the characters in Atlantis, a Disney movie called Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and that was released posthumously after he died, and that was with Michael J. Fox and like uh, Leonard Nimoy and I think James Gardner, and that wasn't even a really a big hit Disney animated film. It's a hell of a cast, though. Yeah, it's, it's, a, good, it's a funny <laughs> movie. I own it. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, it's, it's basically like Indiana Jones meets like uh, Michael J. Fox going to find Atlantis in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and then Jim Varney again plays like this, like, uh, you know, backwoods, basically the snake handler. And he, he's part of the elite team to go help him. He's the one that makes like the chow, yeah. the food. So it's pretty funny. Um, and it's good to watch just for his performance because, like I said, he, he died before the movie was even released. Yeah. But, you know, once you get into the 90s after you do these, these four movies, you have... So basically, I hadn't seen Ernest Goes to Camp. I haven't seen that since probably it came out. So that's over like 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. This one I'd seen every year just because I think it was my favorite and I've, it's always stuck with me. And I was like, oh, it's a good Christmas movie. That with a Christmas story I grew up with. Probably that, that Christmas story and like maybe like National Lampoons. So then you have Ernest Scared Stupid and Ernest Goes to Jail. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, I watched last year for around Halloween. And it's actually a scary movie. And I don't know if I've... Was I talking to you about this? Yeah, when we were talking about doing this movie, you were telling me how you had watched Ernest Scared Stupid, you know, somewhat recently. And it's it's kind of freaky. The plot of Ernest Scared Stupid is again, Ernest is now in like a kind of like a new uh, New England kind of a town, and you find out that where you, you never really they never really tell you the age of what who of Ernest P. Worrell, what he does, how he's able to sustain himself, especially since he's always doing things wrong. He's terrible at his job, even though he's he has such a good heart and he's pure. He's always getting fired or laid off, or people just can't tolerate him. But everyone's always like, "Oh, okay, it's Ernest," you know, whatever. And you find out that like his ancestors, like the Puritans, these pilgrims, had like cornered this troll, this really scary, like fucked up looking <laughs> troll, and they kind of like uh, put a curse on him and, and and put him under this tree, and it's Ernest's. Like, great, 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 great grandfather, who's like, you know, this very smart man who, who puts it and says, you know, you're cursed. And the only person who can break this curse is will be one of my descendants or whatever. So, th- this character thinking that this will never. Then you have Ernest. And Ernest is, you know, can fuck up a cup of coffee. So, yeah. Ernest comes along and Ernest is with some kids. And Ernest accidentally lets this troll loose. I forget what the, what the reason is. They knock the tree over or whatever. The troll comes out and the troll starts stealing souls. And then he's taking children. And that's that's the whole. That he's, he's stealing these souls and he eats them and they turn into these little wooden the child then becomes this little wooden like doll or whatever and that's what he collects and Eartha Kitt's in it Eartha Kitt plays like this weird old woman who lives in the woods but then you find out oh she's a witch but she's a good witch and you know she actually knows and she helps save it but it's a really scary movie for like a, a 8 or 9 year old because this troll is like 
you know, like only five foot high and it's very scary looking. So that's, I'm, I'm harping too long on this one, <laughs> but that's that's very good. And then the last one, Ernest Scared Stupid, is actually a, well, a pretty... Goes to jail. I'm sorry, Ernest Goes to Jail. Have you seen uh, Ernest Goes to Jail? I've only ever, like I said, I've only ever seen Ernest Goes oh, to okay, Camp. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, and you it was, that. it was... Uh, that's another, I don't know if that movie holds up, but I remember that being pretty good too, because when I was in high school, I worked at a toy store and we sold videos, and that It's got a great cover. Yeah, and, but that's a, he he's mistaken. It's one of these uh, Jean Claude Van Damme doppelganger uh, <laughs> uh, uh, vehicles where there's a guy who looks exactly like him who's an arch criminal, and then you know he's mistaken for him. The guy breaks out of jail, and they put Ernest in the jail, and Ernest is like, "I'm not this person who you say I am." So he's in playing two different people, and it's very stylized and all that. But it's funny. Well, when you do research on the movie, they make a very big deal about how uh, Ernest saves Chris Christmas being the one Ernest movie where there isn't like an, uh, an antagonist. Yeah, there's no villain in it. Yeah, there's not like him versus somebody. Because I mean, the there's like. I mean, the there's evil obstacles. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, but there's no like, there's no like main villain. There's that's no goblin or whatever, or troll, and or no the, the alter ego. Yeah, and that's what I find pure about this movie, Ernest Saves Christmas, where it's just like you know he's trying to help Santa, and he's in it, and it's risking everything. And there's a, there's a nice like like Christmas, the Christmas spirit is very prevalent in it, where like the children at the beginning are recognizing Santa immediately, and I like that. Uh, they may overuse that little sound effect of the bag <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like also which always carried with me from the beginning of the movie when he gets off the plane he's talking with the businessman and the businessman is like you know I'd love to see snow yeah, yeah. And he, but it, but it's interesting that I, I, if you're looking at this in any kind of like uh, uh, the history of Santa or whatever I always thought Santa would you know give I mean maybe I'm looking too far into this but Santa always just gave presents to children and then maybe he keep he'd know who hey you're Bert you know I know who you when you grew up or whatever yeah yeah but he, he marks in his book the guy, he goes, oh, I thought you wanted uh, a CD yeah, player. Yeah. And he marks in his book that the guy now wants snow. So at the end of the movie, he gives the guy snow, and it's like a miracle. It's snowing in Orlando, and it's very, like, almost, like, tear-jerky. Like, oh, it's the Christmas spirit is here. He's like, yeah, cause the, he's like in a, he's on a phone call. It's like Christmas Eve, and he's a businessman. And he's like, give me the, you know, let's make the deal. And he's like real, like, curmudgeon like, you know, scroogey. Yeah, and he looks, and out, then he the looks out the window, and he's, he's like, "You know what? It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah, Santa was right. You know, so it's. I like that. I like that the the positive. It's it's almost like when we we did uh, a month ago, plane, trains, and automobiles. It has that that family happy ending. It's it's you know yeah. it's, everything's you know going away, you know everything's going to go right, and it has that that whole appeal. There, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, I think it's fitting because I mean we talk about. You know, uh, Ernest as being—I mean, he's pure—and so the the movie. It's nice to see that, like, yes, there are people, there are characters in the movie that aren't, but it's nice in this context of the movie. I did kind of appreciate that, like, he's not the only one. I mean, obviously, Santa is very kind of like a naive, uh, pure character, but then the guy that they're trying to recruit as the new Santa. Is yeah. also and he when he finds out what the that the movie he's auditioning for is a horror movie he doesn't want to do it and he won't say like damn in front of the <laughs> word damn yeah, in front of the kid actor principles and um, and he's helping out at like teaching like science or whatever to kids at like the like the the rec center like the youth center <laughs> or yeah, whatever it's very, yeah there's, there, it, it kind of gives you hope and even the the punky Brewster-esque character, the runaway. She. I even thought she was good. Yeah, yeah. She she even has a. I don't know what ever happened to that actress. I'd like to see where she went. Yeah, I don't know either. I thought she was, she was good. I mean, she's, you know, her our first like introduction to her is that she's basically skipping out on a restaurant bill. Yeah. Um, and then she's a character who, you can tell, is not a bad person, but misguided, and she is. Uh, like ultimately gonna use she steals basically she steals like Santa's magic bag yeah and uh, she's trying to get like good shit <laughs> out of it but it's like she keeps on getting these like toys and then in initially um, even more than Santa it's you know I think it's it's uh, Ernest's friendship and kind of innocence that help her come around and she realizes. That uh, you know, she has the change. She's she's the character that has like the arc in the movie. Yeah, you know, from like a dramatic structure she's about standpoint. Ready to, like, she's at <laughs> the know? train station, about ready to leave, and she's watching at the end of the movie. These this older brother harassing this little 
his little sister like Santa isn't real, and I don't know why the mom isn't beating the shit out of him. <laughs> so like in that con- in the, that context, from like a from like a, a an analytical like you know film dramatic structure point, she's really like the protagonist of the movie in terms of like she's the one who has to learn. And, and she has her needs that she needs to accomplish. And then she's the one that has the, the dramatic arc and changes throughout the course of the movie. Um, I, I think it also may be the only movie that Santa throws a punch in. <laughs> Santa, Santa gets so mad he, he, hits the, he hits the film producer because he, he realizes that the, the potential Santa shouldn't be doing these things in front of kids and he agrees and I think that is that the re- is that when he goes no he doesn't go to jail by that point that's when they, they get him away yeah, yeah. but I love when he goes to jail and it's it's one of these I guess it's again cliched where they bring him in and they put him in with all these hardcore criminals yeah, and like yeah. the next scene he has them all singing carols yeah, yeah. and it's very funny and then at the, you know, at the end he has them like all he singing he thinks he's Santa and one of the criminals is like he is Santa yeah, and then that guy has like a horrible scar <laughs> on his face in real life it looked like and then I like how they're singing like um for calling birds and then like at the end they, he stops everyone in his cell and then he puts his hand out and down the hall you hear some guy with this beautiful voice <laughs> in a pond <laughs> and all the other hands go out and they all start clapping so it's, it's funny that it's like they're bringing the uh, the worlds together uh, also I, it's it's funny the, uh, Ernest has a lot of really funny lines that I only I mean I've seen this movie I guess a shitload of times and I haven't watched it in a couple of years and but I'm only picking up on little little lines now like there's a scene where he's he's at the end of the movie he's with the uh the two elves and they're trying to get this the, the sleigh to to uh santa and he's, he says to him my little gherkin buddies and gherkin's a you know yeah, is, like is, is, is a pickle you know? yeah, a or pickle. or he says to uh at the beginning of the movie uh, a, a truckload of of uh christmas trees go by and he opens the window and he smells out and he goes you can ch- keep your channel number five which means chanel yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes no just give me the old like you know heavenly pine smell and i think that's funny and you know i i think i'm not a huge huge Ernest fan i think i like him over the peewee but i grew up like watching the show on saturday mornings and seeing these movies so whenever it was available i'd watch it and what always drew him to me is the is the POV, the interaction of us watching him as Vern. Yeah, yeah. And I think in this movie, it has one of the best scenes where, you know, like we said, he's a pure character. So at the beginning of the movie, one of the Christmas trees falls off the truck and he stops in the middle of the highway, grabs it, and he's like, oh, you know, my buddy Vern will want this tree. Yeah. I already got one. And once he gets the runaway, they both go over Vern's house to help him set up the tree. And it's complete anarchy. And I think it's, I know it's stupid, but I think it's so hilarious them trying to set the tree up and he's completely destroying the guy's house. <laughs> he's pulling the foot. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's a brilliant bit of business where it he's is, like. It's a very like Laurent Hardy. You know, he's just, he's knocking everything over. And then he's, the, the plug is in the wall and he's talking to you because you're, you're, you're Vern. And he's pulling the plug and he. He pulls the socket out of the wall, and then, and then he pulls the the, it, the socket goes with the it, it tears up half the wall because he's pulling out the, the the cord inside the wall. It's it's just he destroys the guy's house. It's it's so funny. Um, yeah, you know, into the nineties he made a shitload of movies which I haven't seen. I have this box that I bought for like a dollar or two, which has like he did like Ernest goes to Africa, uh, Ernest in the Army, uh, Ernest. Um, uh, slam dunk Ernest, you know, <laughs> yeah. and there was one more he was going to do. He was going to do uh, Ernest the Pirate, and there's this urban legend <laughs> that they had filmed a lot of it, but then he died prior to it being finished. So they've just canned it. So there's like, there's a couple sites who are like diehard Ernest P. Worrell fans on the internet who've made these petitions, and I went to go look to see if I can find one of these petitions to link it to put in our, our posting of this cast, but the, now you can't. Like a lot of these petition, petition sites have gone down now in recent years. Huh. So, you know, you got to go to like change.org. Those are where you do your petitions. Yeah, yeah. But they were petitioning the company, like, hey, release the footage you have of it or yeah, try to make yeah. a movie around what you have on there. You know, um, It's really interesting. Um, uh, do you know what else the guy who played Santa Claus is in? I mean, there's a lot of familiar faces. No, that's for another kid, thing. I wrote that in my that notes. kind of grew up he, during this time. There's I thought he was a great guy. I thought he was a really good actor. And he seems familiar to me. But and I, I couldn't figure out what the hell. Like the other guy, the. the um, the evil um, uh, agent of the yeah. of the guy that's going to become the new Santa, he's recognizable to me too. In that like L.A. Law sleazy, well, he looks a lot like um, the guy. He maybe it's Magnum Four. So one of the he plays he plays like the partner of Eastwood in one of the Dirty Harry movies. Then he plays Stallone's partner and. Oh, the the, the Spanish he, guy from um, he looks a lot like that. Yeah, guy. Um, uh, Santini is his name. He, he's in um, he's in this. 
Seinfeld. He's in Seinfeld. He's one of the. He's like, yeah, he plays Poppy. In yeah, Seinfeld. Poppy. In Se- yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Look he like kind of looks. kind of looks like. But the older woman, she was on like a oh, lot. Oh, she's of, enough. Yeah, the one that ends up becoming like a romantic interest at the very end, which, which is like, another happy. Ending. Which I was gonna say is like I like kind of that ending is after Santa Claus, the Santa Claus that you know he turns over the reins and there's a new Santa Claus. And then she's like, he's like, oh, and I don't really know your name or whatever. And he says, well, I used to be called, I forget what the name was. His, he had the regular name before he became Santa Claus. And then there's like a little love interest it's, there. But isn't it nice? It's like, it's a happy ending. Like, he's going to be all right. And you never he thought f- of that. You know, he kind of found love. Screw Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, then, then it, it begs the question, is like, the is the uh, Punky Brewster girl going to be the new Mrs. Claus? Or... Because she's got, you know, she's leaving with him. Oh, yeah. Well, she said she was going to go home because she had, she ran, kind of ran away from home. Oh, so he's probably going to drop her off. She says that she was going to go home, but then, like, last minute, you know, the, the new Santa Claus is like, well, I could use an honorary, uh, you know, I could help some, have somebody drive the sleigh for me so that Ernest can go. And then they take the girl as kind of an honorary elf, and then they all take off to uh, deliver the packages. And we're left with the old Santa Claus and this older woman who is like the receptionist or she works at the recreation center that a lot of the movie kind of it plays a big role this location in the movie um, and then they're just they're just left there but it's alone like, and then there's you know it's a nice yeah it's like it a nice is. little ending it's like oh that's that's sweet it's, it's 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 uplifting in every sense of the way and like you know i again i like the earnest character because he is he's just that pure character he's very innocent um i'm looking up a lot about jim varney for this cast i i saw that i guess at the time uh, Make a Wish Foundation was, uh, you know, as it is, very big for people, kids who have cancer and stuff. And a lot of times, one of their number one things was they wanted to meet Ernest. So he would go and always he would go and do these things and bring up the spirits or call phone calls. And he s- and in an interview he said, you know, one of the best moments for him was that this gr- little girl who was dying of cancer wanted to have breakfast with Ernest, but she couldn't have breakfast because she could only be fed through an IV. So he uh, went there he had breakfast with her and he bought her some earrings that he talked to the mom and that were like her um, her birthstone and she asked her because he he had heard that the girl had just got her ears pierced so she asked her mom if, if she could wear the earrings in her coffin so she can bring them to heaven very very sad yeah yeah so it's but at the same time then Ernest is or Jim Varney's diagnosed with cancer and he was a chain smoker and evidently, once he was diagnosed with, with lung cancer, he quit cold turkey. And then he started doing some PSAs about it. But sadly, you know, too late. And within a couple months or maybe a year or so, he ended up passing away of cancer. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's nice to see that a guy like that in his real life, you know, like that you hear a lot sometimes about Johnny Depp would dress up as Jack Sparrow and show up like at hospitals for kids and vice versa. So it's nice that you hear that these, these people, you know, do it beyond the limelight and go and do these little things that people don't know about and, yeah, and it's yeah. nice to see that at the time when we were young there was such a demand for Ernest's character but it's like you said now it's sad because I was talking to a younger kid that I work with younger he's in his early 20s he didn't know who Ernest was you know and no one you know it's like a forgotten thing I mean there's references uh, you know there's a Simpsons episode where, where Jim Varney plays like a carny with his son and, and then there's a couple ep- uh, references like in Beavis and Butthead which I don't even think people know about anymore <laughs> yeah now that's something else that you nobody know, will remember but although I feel like within the last they did they did they tried they, to revive they, they it they tried to revive it, it like didn't in the last anywhere. couple of years um, but then Family Guy they did like, they did like a reference where Peter Griffith's like in a video store and he's like I'm, I'm uh, he's like I'm, I'm, I'm he says I'm, I'm, I'm debating either to rent Ernest goes to the beach or Ernest doesn't go to the beach <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like the joke so it's like they are there, and I think they even they draw them too. But there's, it's 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 sad that you know it's one of these forgotten things. I guess it's like for older generations, like the Bowery Boys or whatever the hell you know Shirley Temple, you know whatever yeah, you want to think there, about Little Rascals. It is crazy to think of like how big certain like pop cultural icons become, and they're just like huge, and then they just kind of like fade into obscurity, like Max Hedrum. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No one will know what you know. No one's gonna know who Max Hedrum is. Only if you were around, because that one didn't even last a season, right? And well, the show, but it was started out as like commercials, yeah, or like something. Pepsi, right? Or or Diet Pepsi, Pepsi or, or Coke or some one of those. And then it became a show. And I and I hear I have to go back and watch it. But I, I hear from I think Jay Marcus and uh, one of the Podwits. 
he says they hold up pretty well. I mean, they're pretty, I mean, they're dated, of course. Yeah, yeah. And maybe even with the, the special effects and all that, but they hold up well in the sense of just like the story arcs and what they're about. It's kind of very. I mean, for people that are listening, don't even know what it is. I mean, there was like this, uh, Max Hedrum was this. But it takes like place in the future, right? Slightly future world? Yeah, because he's like this virtual reality identity. So he's like artificial intelligence. And uh, I mean, if you, you would recognize the actor. Would you now? We would, but you yeah. Know, I don't know. I mean, if you said if you knew what it was, have you? If we showed it to you, <laughs> you'd, you'd be like, "Oh, I think I know who that guy is." Yeah. I mean, he's just son. He had a, a long recurring role on Orphan Black. Um, he's in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, he's, I know he's he's the father in the um, Dawn. So of the he's Dead. in that guy who played Max Hedrum is in a lot of stuff yeah. over the years. I used to get him mixed up with um, uh, what's his name, Dwight. Um, what's his name from from A Team? Barkley from from next generation. Oh yeah, yeah, Dwight, yeah. Dwight Schultz. I used yeah. to get him the two of them for some Guy reason mixed Murdoch. up. Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch on the 18th. Uh, who's Barkley on um, on Star Trek: Next Generation? Uh, yeah, so I don't know if people would even know him now. I mean, of course, they'll know him invariably as Slinky in the first two Toy Story movies, and the yeah, third movie he wasn't. You know, they didn't voice him in that in the specials. Um, and then I think even now, I think his biggest claim to fame. Or maybe his money maker was the n- mid '90s uh, reboot of Beverly Hillbillies, which now is even dated. Yeah, yeah. So now you know. I saw that at the movie theater. Did you really? <laughs> that, I've never seen it. Is it good? <laughs> I remember we went to go see it at Clifton Country Mall, which is last I heard is the Clifton Park Center, Clifton Park, New York, and uh, you know it was on TV like within the last year or so, and I was watching some of it. Um, I don't know. I remember it being funny, but who knows? I mean, who knows how stuff like that holds up? I mean, now when you think of like, uh, like remakes of movies are making, you know, like AT movie, yeah, or uh, you know, a couple, you know, like six years ago, whenever they had like the Starsky and Hutch movie, yeah, you know, like or this the remake of Dukes like, of Hazard, Dukes of Hazard, were like taking these old TV shows and making like a feature length movie out of them i mean this was like but it's interesting kind of like the <laughs> this was a very early version of that yeah, and it, but it was good because they kept it seemingly to the to the yeah it wasn't like a parody yeah, or taking something that was not a comedy and making it a comedy it was really trying to to my recollection really trying to be true to like the spirit of what the show and that's the was. one of the reasons why i love the remake of the a-team the reboot, I thought. Yeah, I like the remake of the reboot. It was just as well. It's just like fuck it, we're doing this, and we're in the keeping the soul of this show. It wasn't a parody. It was funny, but it worked as opposed to Starsky and Hutch, which was good when I saw it. I don't know if it'll hold up at all now, but well, that now was Starsky and Hutch is on TV a lot. It's on like Cozy and. Uh, that Robert Rodriguez channel, El Rey. So I've been watching a lot of Starsky and Hutch lately. And so it is because by the time when that movie came out, like I wasn't as familiar with the show as I am now because it wasn't. You know. Is it? Is it? How? How does it hold up? See, now we're taking a left turn. But <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a little detail. Yeah, so we're second. gonna put the card in neutral. And, and but like like our our subtitle for this cast is but but we digress. <laughs> um, I for the first time I don't want to I'm I'm putting this on wax and, and I'm gonna sound really bad with people. But uh, last night was the first time I've actually watched. I think f- that I remember from be- be- beginning to end an episode of Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was TV. Uh, yeah, I was watching MeTV <laughs> last night, and it was the sci-fi. I saw that that was on. What I was like, what was that? I was watching something else. I think I was watching. There was like a Starsky and Hutch marathon yeah. on El Rey, so I was watching Starsky and Hutch. So while I get you this, were watching. I get this brand new. I did HD. watch. I did watch the part two of Menagerie. Yeah, on Star that. Trek. Afterward, I know. <laughs> After I was there. Wonder Yeah, it's great because Pike's in that, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get this brand new HD TV channel of MeTV. MeTV, for you guys who don't know, um, you have an HD version. Of yeah, MeTV? you should check your things. I don't get it over the aerial. It's on. It's on yeah, my yeah, cable. Yeah, it's on the cable. Um, the because my MeTV is. We're getting very into the weeds here, but the the standard definition channel is the Bridgeport affiliate, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Then the HD is New Jersey, and they were doing this petition, which I just signed, which I'll forward it to you. That that for some reason there's some sort of FAA or F. FAA rights and they wanted to pull it off the air so we signed the petition and my wife got a free t-shirt in the mail so we have a MeTV t-shirt nice sweet and I already have an antenna t-shirt the channel antenna TV there's a lot of these channels that come up now that are almost all on the airwaves MeTV uh, MeTV MeTV antenna TV which is memorable entertainment television that's Uh, what MeTV stands for 
uh, Cozy, K-O-Z-I TV. There's now Get TV. There's Grit TV. And they're all these great ideas of what Nick at Night used to originally be, where you just yeah. play old shows. And Well, I mean, when I was growing up, back in my day... Uh, you know, early, mid, even late 80s, like, I didn't, we didn't have cable, so all I had was, you know, UHF and VHS channels, which most yeah, people wouldn't know what that means now, but... You get them um, off the air. And so, like, all, like, in Philadelphia, we had 17, 29, and 57, and they were just all, during the day, just reruns. So I grew up on nothing but, like, Anything from I Love Lucy and My Favorite Martian to, like, Welcome Back, Connor and the yeah. Jeffersons and uh, MASH, you know, every, spanning the history of television over these three channels. And that's all I grew up on. And then for, it seems like for decades, well, that, that what had happened, kind of disappeared. What, they dis- what, th- what happened was, where we, where we are in the, in the New York City area, you used to have channels like WPIX and these other channels who at late at night would still play them. So you'd still be able to catch the Jeffersons or the other one, the only one that's still running, the Honeymooners, still yeah, plays yeah. on WPIX. But gradually, you lose the odd couple. You lose all these shows because they realized that with, with the modern uh, society, people are up 24-7. And they've realized that they can make money just rerunning episodes of freaking Scrubs yeah, or yeah. Family Guy or, or, or uh, American Dad or Walking Dead. So... You've lost that time slot at late at night. You're guaranteed to be able to see. Like and then you originally had Nick at night, and then as Nick at night went from being like old, like like uh, you know, like uh, you know the Andy Griffith, uh, you know Mayberry type yeah, stuff, uh, uh, and 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 as that as that transitioned from being those into shows that were like Jeffersons, and then shows like you know Matt, and you know uh, like. Cheers! You know, as that sh- as that went on, it started the to, Cosby Show. That and it started got newer and newer. That got newer and newer. So they invented TV Land. Yeah, and then that started as like the older TV shows, and then that eventually kind of evolved into like eighties and nineties. Well, sitcoms. now now they're producing and now their they're own pro- now they're producing their own stuff, their own content. So it's great to see that there's like these local uh, affiliate channels again, kind of picking up the slack and then filling filling those time slots with old TV shows. As for Starsky and Hutch, which is how, how we got, and it's, and it's uh, one last, to put a fine point on this, it's great that a lot of this is all available over the airwaves. All you need to do is just put an antenna to the back of your TV and you can get a lot of these. Because when I, I yeah. gave up, I gave up cable in the mid uh, odds because uh, it was just getting too expensive, these packages. And as well as I wanted to focus on writing and I would only get like say 15, 20 channels. We're yeah. now over the past since it went from analog to digital, but the broadcast over the airwaves, they've got like, four, six, you can get 60 channels conceivably if you're in, in the right market and you yeah. have a good antenna. I wish... All digital as well. I wish that these like channels on like, you know, like Antenna has like, Antenna TV has a, uh, Saturday morning has like a tune, Antenna tune show where they show like old cartoons. But I would love that like, you know, the way, like, MeTV does on a Saturday night, like, a hosted horror movie with, like, a horror movie host. I would love that if those channels would do, like, take, like, old, like, eight seventies 70s and then 80s, like, cartoon programming for Saturday mornings and show shit like the Ernest show for, like, a Saturday morning. Like, you could get up and get a bowl of cereal and be watching... <laughs> Like the same shit you would have watched like when we were little on a, like a Saturday morning. I know. And then this is where you'd have these kind of, you know, you'd have a, a marathon. You can do a whole day of Ernest. With all, he's like 10 different movies or so. And it's, 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 yeah. So my original point was we were talking about Starsky and Hutch. And I was going to ask you, how does Starsky, this is, we, we've gone completely <laughs> out of our Christmas cast. <laughs> how going, does Starsky well, and Hutch we'll hold up now? Around. Because Wonder Woman was, it was, you know, aside from watching the gorgeous and vivacious and uh, voluptuous Linda Carter, who I can wa- watch do anything, uh, this plot was ridiculous. But it's yeah, like a well, funny, it's, it's, that's like the... Wonder Woman's a weird show. And uh, they did a, um, PBS did a, they had this, sh- like, uh, they had that show of, like, History of Television. Yeah, I know. Series. Was Pioneers of Television. Pioneers of Television. And they did a superhero yeah. episode and they talk about Wonder Woman but n- it's like n- nobody wants to admit or acknowledge that Wonder Woman like started as like a World War II P- 
period show. She was for like a season. She was invented by a, the guy, the same guy who invented the lie detector, invented the woman to woman character, and that's where you get I think like the, lasso the lasso of truth. truth. Yeah. So you're right. They started her off as like the Captain America. But the, the era. original TV show started as that, and then like. I don't. I don't they tried know. Tried to reboot it, and they made and it then modern. Then just like the next season, it came back, and it was like a modern version. Um, a lot of these shows, unfortunately, don't really hold up. I tried to watch Bionic Man, and it's just slow as shit. That's the problem. It's like, <laughs> it's like it takes the you know the criminals are waiting there for a half hour for him to come over. Uh, Starsky and Hutch, I think, holds up pretty well. I mean, it's very it's very retro. You know, you got that Grand Torino. With the red, <laughs> red with the white stripe. But how and, are the um, and it's very. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know the, but I mean, the, uh, the, the, plot's the plot silly. I mean, I mean, they're playing it straight, like like a '70s show, like yeah. like a like a canon or like a uh, you know whatever. But are they they're good, right? Or are they just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of silly. They're some of them are surprisingly the way I you know the way I talk about Twenty One Jump Street as a series as being like surprisingly kind of edgy and like. Uh, progressive for the time. I think Starsky and Hutch is surprisingly progressive. There's an episode of Starsky and Hutch where Hutch uh, uh, is undercover and he gets addicted to heroin. What? And then... Uh, that was big uh, in the 70s, like in the Marvel comic books as well. And then, Hug- and then Huggy and Starsky have to, you know, they have to they have to get him off of it, get him off the smack. How did he get on it? Just because he's undercover? I think he, I think he was undercover. He got somehow, I don't remember... There's one that has been on a million times, which I think is hilarious, which is like not talking about it being progressive, but just a crazy plot line where Hutch in this episode has this thing where he likes, you know, to save time or whatever, he likes to open up a can of soup and just drink it like cold. So he's which is very uh, foreshadowing of now you have those the Campbell's cup of soup. <laughs> you, know, you warm up the microwave and you just drink so it. So he's like opening up cans of soup, cans of like clam chowder, uh-huh. and just like drinking it. And Starsky's like, "What are you doing?" And then uh, oh, all the sodium, <laughs> man. <laughs> Jesus, how much sodium are you taking in? <laughs> and salt. And so they make this bet. Uh, in a you know, I'll make it really quick. They end up making this bet where basically for a weekend. Um, there's more to it, but in a nutshell, basically, uh, it's like hide and seek. Hutch is going to basically like elude Starsky for a weekend. They have to stay within the city, and Hutch has to like make contact with Starsky like every two hours or something. Um, but Hutch is apparently is very you know he's a makeup artist. He's always he, like he's a big undercover guy, so he's undercover. Starsky can't find him, and Starsky hears on the radio that there's a recall of the soup because there's botulism in oh, it. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> they got to find Hutchinson. And- so they have two days the span of the weekend. By the end of the weekend, Hutch is going to be dead. But they can't find him because oh, he's undercover and eluding him. It's a crazy plot It's line. good, though, huh? It's the botulism episode. It's so It's the very serious funny. episode. I have a, a, I was gifted uh, a friend of mine was getting rid of a crap load of his DVDs, and he, he gave me like three seasons of Starsky and Hutch. You should. Well, I'd be interested to see. what I you watched think. the I, pilot, and because I I bought how many years ago I bought like five pilots. On yeah, one DVD. there was like a, I remember that special. It was yeah, like it, SWAT, SWAT's on there. Police woman, uh, Starsky and Hutch, something else of the, that ilk of the era. Yeah. And I watched the pilot, and the pilot was a little slow. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But it's like you know, nowadays with all the show on, it's like Starsky and Hutch. I mean, they have all five seasons on DVD. It would make a great Christmas present. Yeah, it would, it would. Please go out and buy it <laughs> for anybody that's uh, listening to this Christmas cast. But we digress. <laughs> so, uh, Ernest, um, what did you think? Okay. In the end, I thought it was all right. Like I said, I found it really rough. I didn't find a lot of the. Com- <laughs> it's funny that those two, the two characters that Billy are like, and Bobby, that are like the. The baggage carriers they're like the comic relief of a completely ridiculous comedy <laughs> <laughs> so um taking you know, like the car- cartoon sound effects and stuff i think it was taken a little far i didn't really find them i was going to ask you but you answered it before i even had to ask it i was like well are these characters in all the movies or in the tv show like because they just seem like they well, only in it as kind of like because they're known as characters for the earnest world. Yeah, they're, they're gradually phased out. The guy who speaks, the heavier guy, he leaves to go on and do, because he's in other stuff. And you later on get another guy in that role. But that other dude is still, if you go on the earnest website, they've 
after Jim Varney died, they kept going making Ernest commercials with CGI. They yeah, like, I heard CGI I heard Ernest. That. And then in 2012, they announced they were going to do a new Ernest movie with the son of Ernest. They were going to do like the Pink Panther style. And I don't know where that's gone. But there's a Ernest website where they're still cranking out movies. And, and there's a new uh, Billy, the big guy. He's still with that old guy, Bobby. And they're still making, I don't know how good the production value is. They're still making movies. It's like their, it's their vacation uh, adventure or whatever. So As of when? This is as of this cast. <laughs> they're, still, they're making movies yeah, yeah. with those two characters. With those two guys. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, that was the one that was on the website. It's like, buy now. for t- Maybe we, you want to put a fiver in me and you both will split it. $10 shipping included. It's, it's Billy and Bobby's vacation adventure. And it's the two of them. And it's the original, the old guy that doesn't talk. That doesn't yeah. look like he has dentures. It, he's in it, and there's a new well, guy. He, t- he talks a little bit in this one. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, it's an F. It's, a <laughs> it's funny. I, I love it. Uh, and the other two people who play um, elves I've seen in like half yeah, yeah. tons of stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I think the reason why I liked it and I really wanted to do it was, I mean, I Ernest uh, holds a special place in my heart. It's an older movie we'd watch back then for like a Christmas kind sure, of a I cast. Mean, 1988 falls right into the... Yeah, the, 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 the would have been of our a, It would have been a somewhat recent release um, at the time. <laughs> it, was, it was a success. It's, it, it made a shitload of... It made like $25 million at the box office, which was huge for that kind of a movie at the time because I don't think the, pro- the, the budget was that big. Oh, it's enough to... I mean, how many movies are there? Uh, there was four done with the original signing, and then it went to a, a lesser distributor, and then it, the budgets kind of fell off, and they went straight to video. Yeah. But those four, like I said, goes to camp, vacation, stupid, and then goes to jail were big. You know, they yeah, were yeah. like I said, they were being cranked out by Disney, like Touchstone or something. I think yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, so it had it, it's it's a Christmas movie. Like remember the the Dudley Moore uh, John Lithgow like Santa Claus from nineteen eighty five. That was just on <laughs> movies last night. Like that. See, it's like that movie. It's like it's it's or there's a really the day that the day they I forget the name of it. The day they almost killed Christmas or something with with Art Carney as Santa and Paul Williams as an as an elf, <laughs> which I can't find anywhere. It's on iOffer, but yeah, aside yeah. from that, you can't get it's it. It's crazy to think you know like obviously people make a Christmas movie. They put out a Christmas movie with like. You know, the plot, you know, with no pun intended, that they're like, this is going to, like, with the intention of being an evergreen, and that it's going to, like, make money forever. Like, every Christmas, they're going to show fucking Ernest Saves Christmas, you know? Obviously, like, like, that's, I think they must have that, like, in their head when they make, they're starting probably in the 80s when they started churning out, like, all these Christmas movies that you're talking about, like, Babes in Toyland and shit like that. There must have been, like, this thought of, like, you know, with TV and now cable, like VHS, like this is going to be a license to print money. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you know, if we make a Christmas, and movie. I would, and it's amazing to see how many hold it, yeah, like do, and, and, then and how I many just fall into obscurity. This could be a perfect example where I think if it had the proper exposure, this could still be a Christmas classic. But sadly, it it took two two different routes where this one fell through the cracks. And it's been largely forgotten. But you take a movie like A Christmas Story, who could have had the same fate, but instead it's been propelled, and now it is now it'll never be forgotten. Or or, or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like I hold uh, Ernest Saves Christmas on a higher bar than these movies now, where you get these a lot of the Christmas movies, we, uh, with the exception of like Elf or the Santa Claus yeah, yeah. Uh, or Jack Frost. Those movies, a lot of the Christmas movies nowadays, and maybe aside from like Love Actually. They're just relationship movies. It's like, oh, you know, we have to go see your relatives and my relatives. For, and it's not yeah, about yeah. the Christmas spirit. It's just about, you know, the, you know, uh, couples arguing or whatever. And I don't know. A lot of those don't hold up, you know. And it's like I can't see them really being, you know, let's watch freaking Four Christmases every every year or whatever or one of these. But, you know, I feel like Ernest Saves Christmas, as silly as it sounds, is trying to shoot higher because it's trying to have loftier goals with talking about the Christmas spirit and Santa Claus and saving Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of longevity, I think its biggest hurdle and its biggest probably issue is that it's revolving around this like pop cultural iconic character that was going to fade away. And so like, you know, the longevity of Ernest in general was going to, was going to be limited. So the appeal of this movie 
was not, you know, it would have to be pretty fucking good if it was going to, you know, surpass the popularity of Ernest himself as a character and live as something on its own. Um, so unfortunately, uh, for fans of it like yourself, <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, I agree that uh, it, it's a fine movie and and the, in terms of like universal, like uh, Christmas spirit, it works a lot better than some of the some of these more recent ones, but in terms it, it of in terms of profitability, of getting a, yeah, getting a uh, uh, I mean, unless you, you come out and you have a, like a, a crisp Blu-ray like special edition and <laughs> you know a complete box set. I mean, they just released as of uh, last year or so. They have released um, uh, some box sets with his complete commercials. Uh, 2012 Ernest's Wacky Adventures Volume One, and that has uh, and and then. Mill Creek Entertainment released the classic television commercials in a box Creek. set in uh, Halloween 2006. So they're still cranking them out, and they're, they're and then lastly, there's supposed to be a very very good um, uh, biography on him by his nephew Justin Lloyd, published uh, in 2013. So that's just the last year of this cast, called "The Importance of Being Earnest: The Life of Actor Jim Varney," and then in parentheses, stuff that Vern doesn't even know. And the cover of it is pretty sweet. I want to show a picture to my man Jay Blake, who's not seen the cover of it, and we'll see what his reaction is because it's because you know we think of Jim Varney in, in, um, as Ernest P. Worrell, and this cover has nothing to do with Jim Varney as Ernest P. Worrell. Here's the cover of the movie. Let me let me see what you think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how sweet that is that? That has to have been like a headshot or something. Yeah, from like circa of like 1975. Yeah, because he had, people don't know, he had a, a career prior to this. He was on the, remember that weird Fernwood Tonight mock TV show? It was like a mock interview show that was in the late 70s. He did reoccurring roles on that, and then he was on reoccurring roles of like the Johnny Cash and Friends TV show. So yeah, he, you yeah. know he was doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Very studly photo. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it. In, I'm gonna figure out a way to put it in the cast <laughs> as a link. But it's 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 really cool. They, you we know. should at some point, you know, if we expand, we'll have like a Saturday night book club. <laughs> we'll read books and so that'll be a long. Once every six months, we have to read. We'll, we'll read uh, the importance of being earnest. Uh, so I, it's sad because I really like the character, and I like I said I like it more than say uh, Pee Wee. And I think another one of the reasons why it, it it doesn't have any longevity is because he passed away 14 years ago now, as of this yeah, recording. Yeah. So that kind of hurts the overall sales. And I did say that you know the, that Atlantis movie he did for Disney, they did um, uh, they did end up uh, dedicating it to his memory. But it's sad, you know. I I, I like the movie, and I got to go back and watch Ernest Goes to Camp. Maybe we'll do that in the summertime, see if that's any good. We'll do, maybe we'll do that summer. Maybe we'll do you know, Scared Stupid next Halloween. Halloween and, <laughs> and you know, keep the uh, Ernest Goes to Jail for the Evergreen. <laughs> that can work at any time. But I liked it. I think I'll give it maybe uh, three, uh, probably because I, it holds it near and near to my heart, probably three sleepover stars. You go three? Out of five. Three out of five. Yeah. I, you, know, I, you know, initially I would have, I would have been, I would have been like in the one to zero <laughs> range. But by the end of the movie, and then with a with a couple of nights to sleep on it, I'll, I'll I would go two, two. Okay, yeah, two out of five. Yeah, yeah it's 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 a tough sell. I mean, you know, you got to be in the right mood for it. But I don't regret watching it for yeah. the, for, you know, for us to talk about it. Um, but uh, it is a tough sell. Yeah, it's good. I it, it it holds a place in my heart, and um, hopefully it'll see its day again because it was, I think, out of those four movies, it is the best out of the the four, and it oh. No. I guess I couldn't say it's the best because Scared <laughs> Stupid is pretty good. But I mean, and you haven't seen Ernest Goes to Camp in a long time. That's or Jail, to, and that's supposed to be. Uh, you that's know, the, the that big, was the first one that kicked down the door. The yeah, big so one. That so was the, we can't, don't make any don't make any bold <laughs> statements yeah. that you can't take. Okay, back. okay, that's true. That's true because it is out. We're on wax. Well, thank you for listening to our Christmas editions of uh, Saturday Night Movie. Have Sleepovers. yourself a merry <laughs> Christmas. Um, Please check us out at podwits.com. Uh, if, if, you, if you finish this cast out, thank you for listening to the mini cast of us talking about television. Yeah, and there's a little uh, mini section of, of TV in here. We're, we're at um, podwits.com. You can check us out at Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers at saturdaysleepovers.podwits.com. Um, you can find links to other stuff we do at those sites. Um, and don't forget, uh, if you haven't yet, listen to our Black Christmas cast. Yeah, the other Christmas cast uh, before the new year. Um, we also uh, want you to uh, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes, on Podroid. Tell a friend, retweet us. Uh, remember, 
everything's free, our things, please email us in. Tell us uh, recommendations for stuff you'd like us to cover. Questions, comments about what you think about the cast, what you agree or disagree. If you think Ernest is the best movie you've ever seen, I'm with you. Let me know. If you think it's the worst, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, but uh, let us know. You won't be pissed. No, I won't be pissed. Please, uh, please come on down, listen to us again, and um, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah. If we don't hear from, if you don't hear from us by New Year, <laughs> enjoy. Bye bye. Later. This is General Reynolds, Chief of Special Services. I am bringing you the season's greetings for the sixth Christmas since V Discs began coming to you through the cooperation of artists and musicians who have given freely of their time and talents. It is our desire to promote the well-being of mankind throughout the world. With these records go my very best wishes for a pleasant Christmas season wherever you are. And this Christmas, here is Frank Sinatra. Thank you, General Reynolds, and hi there, gang. It's time for me to hitch another ride around the world on a V-disc, and, as usual, it's a big thrill, especially with December 25th coming up. At Christmas, we should all count our blessings, and high among mine, I count this opportunity to send you a heartfelt Merry Christmas and to sing you these Christmas carols.